0: وَاللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ اللَّهُ أشهد أن لا إله
1: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, amma Respected elders and dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us with many different means through which we can gain closeness and proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every act of ibadah, every form of worship is a means through which we can find Allah. And very often we have considered the means, the objective, and we have not considered Allah to be the objective. And that is why we don't truly appreciate or we don't truly experience the benefit of the act of worship and the ibadah that we are performing. So very often when we are performing our salah, we perform salah as if salah is the objective, that I have ticked the box. Salah is the means towards an objective. Salah is the means through which you draw closer to Allah. In other words, after performing my salah, after offering my salah, I should experience a change in my spiritual condition. Because I approach salah with the intention that it is something that will take me closer to Allah. Very often the Qur'an, the objective and the purpose of the Qur'an, We recite the Quran for the sake of making khatam of the Quran or for the sake of a daily recital. I have recited my Surah Yasin this morning, I have ticked the box. That is not the objective. Though it is not bereft of benefit and it is not devoid of benefit, undoubtedly there is benefit in that. But we have considered the means to become the objective. So we have considered the recitation of the Quran to be the objective, but the true objective of the Quran is to take us closer to Allah. Now if we recite the Quran with that intention, then that is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will give us in return. And this applies to every act of worship, every ibadah. And one very effective means and act of worship through which we can gain closeness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala provided we do it with that intention is that of charity. Giving charity, sadaqah, or we may refer to it as lillah, in whichever form, in whichever way, it is one of the most effective ways for us to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But again, that should be the intention. We shouldn't consider the charity to be the objective. It is the day of Jum'ah, so I need to give a charity, I need to give a sadaqah, and that is it, I tick the box. That is not devoid of benefit, again you will acquire benefit, you will acquire reward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will undoubtedly set aside for you a reward in akhirah and you will see the benefit in this dunya as well. But the greater intention and the greater objective is to come closer and to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that act of charity. And that's why Rasulullah said, "A sakhiyu qareebu min Allah the generous person is close to Allah, which means that through his generosity, he rises and he ascends closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has beautifully explained to us the benefits. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained to us the rewards. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encouraged us emphatically in these beautiful verses of Surah Baqarah commencing with Surah ayah or chapter ayah number 261 regarding the topic of charity. Nowhere else in the Quran will you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dealt with the topic of charity and generosity in the manner and in the way he has dealt with it in these ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cited parable upon parable and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cited example upon example to instill within us and draw our attention towards the importance of becoming generous generosity generosity is the hallmark of this ummah why because it was the hallmark of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the month of rabiul Awal is a month wherein we speak about the greatness the significance the characteristics and the loftiness of rasulullah sallallahu wasallam. one very very fundamental aspect characteristic quality that was firmly embedded and established in the life of rasulullah sallallahu was his generosity even though he had nothing he was the most generous of people despite having nothing despite owning nothing he was still the most generous of people very often we have this argument that generosity is an act of worship or generosity is an ibadah that is reserved for certain people but our Rasul is a perfect example that despite having nothing, he was still the most generous of people. Whenever he had, he gave. If he did not have, he made plans to have something donated for whatever cause or for whatever uh, need they might, they might have arose in the community. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al Baqarah, ayah number 261, he cites the parable. Of the person who spends of the wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with in the way of Allah. <laughs> Allah cites a beautiful parable, an example. Allah says the example of those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah. In the way of Allah, Fe could mean spending on your family. You are spending on your family that is fi in fact the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us in one hadith that that man who goes out in the early part of the morning and he goes out with the objective and the purpose of earning a halal livelihood and so that he may earn an income and through that income he may feed his family rasul sallallahu says for huwa fi sabilillah he's in the way of allah that person is in the way of allah every morning you have the opportunity of being counted and included in those who are in the way of Allah by going to work, provided you have the correct intention. You are going out to seek a halal livelihood so that you may feed your family when you come back at the end of the day. Rasul sallallahu says, that in itself is a great act of worship. And you are considered amongst those who are in the path of Allah and who are in the way of Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah, you are spending it on your family, you are spending it on your relative. Rasul says the best charity, the best charity is to spend on that relative of yours whom you do not wish to spend on. Sometimes you have maybe a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, and you feel that why should I spend on this relative of mine? Why is it that I'm always spending on this person? Rasul alayhi says should you consider that person, if you consider that relative who is genuinely in need, who genuinely has a financial difficulty, if you consider that person undeserving of your charity, then that is the best place for you to be spending. That is the best place for you to be spending, the relative on whom you don't want to spend. So whether it is a relative whether it is a needy person, person; whether it is an orphan child, whether it is a widow, whether it is towards the maintenance of a masjid or the construction of a masjid, what a great ibadah! You are contributing towards the maintenance of a masjid. Allahu Akbar. Can you imagine how beloved you become to Allah? The house of Allah. The masajid are the homes of Allah. Think about you having a home, and there's a generous person who is always contributing towards the maintenance of your home. Always contributing towards the maintenance of your home. You have a home, and whenever there is a need, there's a requirement, some repair work that needs to be done to the house, some maintenance, whatever it may be, that person is willing to willing to unconditionally and enthusiastically and happily spend towards the maintenance of your home. How beloved would that person not be to you? Can you imagine how beloved is that person who contributes towards the house of Allah, towards maintenance of the house of Allah? Again, based on his capacity, according to your ability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at the amount that is given. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at the intention with which it is given. In the court of Allah, it is not the amount that is weighed. In the court of Allah, it is the quality of the intention that's weighed. That is what adds weight, and that is what adds value to your contribution, not the amount. Very often you might find a large amount, a large sum is given towards a charitable cause, but the intention is corrupted. And on the other hand, you find that a small amount is given, a negligible amount, an insignificant amount. But that is all the person could give. And it was given with ihsan, with excellence. The person gave it purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He never spoke of their charity. He never reminded anyone of their charity. But he gave it for the sake of Allah. That intention and that ihsan... And that quality of ikhlas and sincerity is what is weighed in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that will far outweigh the charity of a large sum, a large amount that was given without the quality of ihsan and excellence. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cites a parable of those who spend in the way of Allah. Different avenues of spending. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says their example, when they give, when you donate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَمَسَلِ حَبَّةَ it is like a person who takes one seed. Imagine your charity. Your charity, whatever it may be, a one rand, a five rand, a ten rand, a hundred rand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, consider that to be a seed. Kamathali habbatin. And you plant the seed. Ambatat sab'a sanabil. You planted the seed. What? What is the seed? It is, again, your intention. It is the quality of your niyyah, the ikhlas the quality of ihsan, the quality of excellence with which you had given and planted the seed. That is the fertilizer for that seed. That is the sunshine that the seed requires. That is the water and the irrigation that the seed requires. So that charity of yours is irrigated, it is fertilized, and it enjoys everything that a seed requires. All of that is through the intention and the manner and your character with which you had given it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, picture this, the person plants a seed, kamathali habba. from the seed, the seed produces sab'a sanabil. It produces seven spikes or seven ears of grain. Seven spikes of grain, seven ears of grain from one seed. <laughs> And in each spike of grain, there are a hundred seeds. How many do we have? 700. From the one seed that he had planted. Allah, the one seed that he had planted. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said through that one grain, that one seed. How many grains were produced? 700. In other words, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will multiply the reward of your one charity by 700 times. And according to this verse, that is the minimum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can multiply it even more for whomsoever he wishes and he wills. In the commentary of this ayah, the Mufassirin explain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is comparing the one who gives charity to a farmer. And when it comes to farming, And when it comes to cultivating, when it comes to sowing, when it comes to planting, there are three elements that are considered. Number one, the first thing that the farmer considers or the first thing that is considered when it comes to farming, when it comes to cultivating, is the farmer must be knowledgeable. The farmer must be someone who possesses the necessary knowledge. So he knows how to go about farming he knows what are the rules and the laws pertaining to farming he knows exactly what type of seed and what type of grain he needs to purchase or he needs to acquire he knows exactly where and how and the type of fertilizer and irrigation that it requires so number one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comparing the donor The one who is donating, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comparing him to the farmer. Allah is comparing him to the farmer. So just as the farmer, the sower of the seed and the cultivator, just as that person must have the necessary knowledge, you as the donor must also possess the necessary knowledge. Without having the necessary knowledge, when it comes to your contribution, you might end up contributing towards something that may be detrimental to the society. I might put that charity in the hand of a person who will use that charity to commit a crime. I might put that charity in an avenue and in a place that might be a means of misery rather than a means of prosperity. So you must have the knowledge. Have the knowledge. Before contributing, I'm contributing towards the house of Allah. How do I go about contributing? What are the rewards of contributing? What is the intention that I should have? And so on and so forth. Number one, just like how that farmer requires the necessary knowledge before attempting to plant the seed, you as the donor, should acquire the necessary knowledge that you require when it comes to giving sadaqah and giving charity. It's so important. Number two, the second aspect is the grain, the quality. The farmer will not choose any grain. He will not choose any seed. But he will look for that seed and for that grain that is of a very superior quality. Because he know and he knows that... The grain that is of a superior quality, it will produce a superior crop. So he goes and looks for, and he identifies the best seed that is required. The best grain that is required. So that's the second aspect. One is having the knowledge. Number two, I give charity from my superior wealth, not from the inferior quality. I look for what is best to give in charity. The question now, that very often is asked, what do I consider as superior? When I want to give a charity, what do I consider as superior? What's the good wealth? What is the best wealth? Whatever you will not refuse. Whatever you would like for yourself. Whatever you would keep for yourself. Whatever you would acquire for yourself. Whatever you would spend on your own self that is the barometer to gauge the quality of your charity to give that which you would like to keep to give that which you would like to receive to give that which you consider to be of superior quality that is the best type of seed and grain that you will plant in order for it to produce The reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised in the Qur'an. So that's the gauge. That's the barometer. So before donating, before planting that seed, you acquire the necessary knowledge. You know the reward. I will be contributing towards the house of Allah. I will be contributing towards an orphanage. And consider this as an opportunity. Very often, people say we're suffering from fundraising fatigue. Every now and again, there's an an appeal. In one part of the world there's an earthquake that strikes the people in that part of the world and then there's an appeal for a contribution. Then there are floods in a different part of the world and again there's a knock at my door or again I'm receiving messages to contribute. And then there are orphans suffering in a different part of the world and so on and so forth and every now and again There is an appeal And people say that we are suffering from fundraising fatigue Understand That Along life's journey These opportunities come to you from Allah These are opportunities that come to you from Allah Whenever there is an opportunity And it is within your means to give Give And if you already gave, give more These are opportunities from Allah. And you know what happens? The more you grab hold of these opportunities, and the more you take advantage of these opportunities, and the more you rise to the occasion, and you give and you donate, the more Allah will send opportunities your way. Why? Because you are a man who makes most of the opportunities that Allah sends your way. Allah will send more and more people to you, to beg from you consider it as an opportunity. And when you turn the opportunities away, and you turn them down, and you say, I'm suffering from financial or fundraising fatigue, and despite having the ability to give, you do not give, notice what will happen. Allah will stop sending those opportunities your way. Why? Because you don't make most of the opportunities that Allah sent towards you. So, our whole understanding of giving charity, our psychology of charity needs to change. A certain great scholar of the past, Al-Imam al rahimahullah. I could be mistaken, but if I remember correctly, he made the statement that you, your charity will only earn acceptance in the court of Allah when you firmly believe that you are more in need of the reward of the charity than the beggar is in need of the charity itself. Believe that, that I am more in need of the reward of building a shelter than that homeless person requires the shelter. I am more in need of the reward of clothing the unclothed person than that person is in need of the clothes. If you have that type of an attitude towards your charity, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will certainly accept your charity from you and give you more opportunities to give and give you more to give as well. So, number one, the farmer. Allah has compared you as the donor. The one who's donating, Allah has compared you to the farmer. Number one, the farmer acquires the necessary knowledge. Understand what is charity understand what is the best form of charity allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained all this in the quran acquire the necessary knowledge alhamdulillah we are a community with the grace of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are a community that is always willing to give and assist others but let us now understand and acquire the necessary knowledge related to sadaqa and charity There are many laws that apply not only to zakah, but to all forms of charity. And number two, we said the quality of the seed. The farmer, he chooses which seed? The seed that is of a superior quality, not that which is of inferior quality. Number three, the farmer, what does he do? He chooses the best, the best ground, the best soil to plant the seed. You as well, when donating, you are planting that seed, you are planting your donation, choose the best avenue. That avenue where you know it will give you the best return. That is your investment after all in Akhirah. We are not irresponsible when it comes to our worldly investments. Our worldly investments are very well calculated. We are very meticulous, we are very particular. We do thorough research with regards to the investment. Because ultimately, we want the best returns out of that investment. The same applies to a greater extent, in fact, to your charity. So the farmer will choose the best soil, the best ground. That ground, he knows that planting the seed in that ground will produce the best result. Put your sadaqah, Imam Al-Ghazali rahimahullah. He says, put your sadaqah in the hand of a pious saint of Allah who requires it. That person will use it in such a way that will certainly allow you to enjoy the benefit of their charity in this dunya. And he will make for you such a dua that will become a means of your entry and success in akhirah. The best soil. Look for the most fertile soil, like the farmer, and that's where you will deposit and that's where you will plant the most superior of your wealth and charity. One more verse on the topic, like I said, it's very important. I think take our time to study these verses. Nowhere else in the Quran will you find such an elaborate and beautiful description of spending in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah then speaks of the nullifiers of charity. Even though you may have given the charity with ikhlas and sincerity, and you've acquired the knowledge, and you've given the most superior of your wealth, and you have chosen the best avenue, there are still certain nullifiers, despite all of that, that can nullify your charity. What are those nullifiers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ The very next verse, ayah number 262. Those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah, يُتْبِعُونَ مَا أَنْفَقُوا But then, they do not follow it up with reminders of their charity. They never speak about it again. They never remind others about it, especially those, very often those who are close to us, those who are near to us. We very readily remind them of the acts of charity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the moment you have given that charity, don't ever, 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 Remind the person, regardless of what the person does to you, regardless of whether the person appreciates it or not, regardless of what you might have done for that person, whether the person deserved it or not, according to you. Don't ever remind the person of the charity. The moment you remind the person of the charity, you have nullified it. That's one of the nullifiers. Man, Rasul sallallahu says in the hadith, the person who is most hated in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is The one who keeps on reminding others of the good that he does And the charity that he gives And the sadaqah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed him to donate So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Now don't nullify it You did so well to give it And you've done it in the best of ways Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Avoid reminders And number two Avoid saying hurtful words. Avoid saying hurtful words to that person. Simply because you have been kind towards that person, you may feel that now you have the authority and the ability to speak to the person as you want. And now you anticipate or you expect to be treated differently because you have been kind towards that person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these are nullifiers that nullify your act of charity. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "If you don't do this, you don't follow up that wonderful act of charity. If you do not follow it up with reminders and hurtful words, lahum inda rabbihim. Your reward is secured by Allah, and in the akhirah, you will certainly enjoy that reward." May Allah subhanahu wa taala grant us the understanding. Brothers are reminded that again, we spoke about the importance of contributing towards the maintenance of the masjid. Let us strive whenever we have the ability and the opportunity to contribute towards the maintenance of the masjid. Insha'Allah, collection will also be taking place after the Jumu'ah Salah. All brothers are humbly requested to take advantage of this opportunity. This opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you every Friday. It is an opportunity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumma had said, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa salli, encouraged us to give on the day of Jumu'ah. Mimma qalla kathur. Give something on the day of Jumu'ah, whether it's a little or whether it's a lot, but give something on the day of Jumu'ah. Imam Hassan al Basri, rahimahullah, he said that the best charity that you can give throughout the week is the charity that you give on the day of Jumu'ah. Why? It carries far more reward than the charity given out on any other day. May Allah subhanahu wa taala inspire us all and grant us the understanding. Wa a khud da'uwanan alamin. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah nehmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, and nasta'gfiruhu, wa nuhminu bihi, wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayi'ati a'amalina. Man yahdihi allahu falamudlila lah, wa man yudlilhu falahadiyah lah. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhadu anna sayidana wa habibana, wa mawlana muhammadan abduhu wa rasoolu amma ba'd. Faya ma'ashara al muslimin. اوصيكم ونفسي اولا بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله ان الله خَبِيرٌ بما تعملون وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيثما كنت واتبع سيئه الحسنه تتمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن واذكركم بان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم السخي قريب من الله قريب من الناس قريب من الجنه بعيد من النار وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تكفر الكلام بغير ذكر الله فإن كثرة الكلام بغير ذكر الله قسوة للقلب وإن أبعد الناس عن الله القلب القاسي أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم مثل الذين ينفقون في سبيل الله كمثل حبة أنبتت سبع سنابل في كل سنبلة مية حبة والله يضاعف لمن يشاء بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن والسنة ونفعني وإياكم بما فيهما من الآيات والحكمة أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يهده الله فلا مضل له وما يضلل له فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم، إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي، يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما، اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وذريته، قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضي الله تعالى عليهما وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصرنا لنصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم اللهم انا نسالك رضاك والجنة اللهم انا نسالك جنة الفردوس اللهم انا نسالك جنة الفردوس اللهم إنا نسألك جنة الفردوس وما قرب إليها، ونعوذ بك من سخطك وغضبك والنار، اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة، وفي الآخرة حسنة، وقنا عذاب النار، اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة، عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون <تصفيق>
0: الله اكبر الله 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 اشهد ان محمد اشهد ان محمد الله الله لا الله الله
2: غير المظلوم عليهم ولا <تصفيق> إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات كانت لهم جنات الفردوس نزلا فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا الله أكبر he الله لمن حمده ALLAHU AKLAR ALLAHU AKLAR ALLAHU AKLAR صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هو الله الذي لا اله الا هو عالم الغيب والشهاده هو الرحمن الرحيم who is the one who is the one who is the one who is the one who is the the Shri اللَّهُ Shri hamidah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رديت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا Allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala sayyidina muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibaditik Allahumma la mani'a lima atayit wa la mu'abdiya lima manat wa la yinfa'udhan inna jad'inneka ala kulli shayin naqadir Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min zawali ni'matik wa tahawuli afiyatik wa fujaaati niqmatik wa min jami'i sakhatik Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min jahdi al-bala' ودرك الشقاء وسوء القلاة وشماتة الأعداء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال اللهم إنا نسألك العافية في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم إنا نسألك المعافاة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتبع علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى خير خلقه محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين جز الله عنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أهله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين mm <laughs>